wobbly ball. It's going to be hard to mark. Guelphie made the contest with Smith. Brown dropped it down. Topo at McDonald. Tip and Woody well plays goal. Well, that ticks a big box when he kicks a goal. Merritt, Clark. Not a long kick, so he'll want to give it off somewhere. Two stringers on. So hooker forward. Clark sets it up. Stringer well placed. Good effort by Kelly. Well, Jakey can do this. He can yes. do it, and he does. Oh, didn't he need it, and didn't the match need it as well? There's Zaharakis on the brown. He didn't see the smother coming from the right now. Tippin Woody. Oh, look at the pickup. Look at the candy. Look at that. Look at that. Did you see that? Wow. The kick out in favour of Hooker. Talia's got him. He doesn't let him go, and he gets hold of them. Brown, the soccer on the ground. The chaos ball. And here's the best chaos man in the business. McDonald, Tippin Woody. Look at the kick to Brown. Brown will get a shot to equal his career high of four goals. Brown needs this to work back, and it's there. Is it working too much? No, it's not. They lead by 10 points, the Bombers. String has been just terrific, hasn't he? He's got a lot of mates. Clark doing another big job tonight. Good kick to Snelling. Snelling protected it, but he couldn't quite lynch. They're home. Merritt's on the burst. Can he drill it home? Bouncing ball. Bounces 15 metres. Rolling yeah. through for a goal. How sweet it is. He's the best finisher of the game. Everyone in this room is now dumb for having Welcome to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who catch up in the CBD pretty much nearly every day and talk all things sport and mostly the Essendon Football Club. On the line is Mr. Grant Hill. How are you, Grant? G'day, Scotty. I'm very well. Hello to the listeners. Now, I must admit, I probably lied a bit because we're struggling to catch up every day these days because uh, selfishly, our work is making us work uh, overtime and during our lunch breaks. So uh... Yeah, I I unfortunately have uh, just scored myself a reasonably new job where they actually expect you to do real hours. So we we try, we should probably say, the last time catch up podcast, we try to catch up every day in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything else in the football club, but sometimes we can't. It's about once a fortnight now, so... Uh, yeah, but that's it's, okay. It's the once in a while lunchtime catch up podcast. The, the thought is there. Now let's get straight to it. What an exciting week. For the Essendon Football Club. The lid is off, young man. The lid is off. It is. It is off for me too. I, I must admit, I oh. the North Melbourne game had a, a real excitement to it, especially the way it ended. And But there was that, you know, that 15% of me that was a little bit reserved knowing what was coming up uh, and, our, yep. and our history at the uh, playing the Crows over there. But getting over the line against the Crows, uh, I think for most fans, uh, unleashed an excitement and an optimism that's, well, you know, it's almost... It's was been the, a while. It's been it's a been while. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, because even in the 2013 season, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll 
fant- having a fantastic year, but obviously the things in the happening in the background, you know, you couldn't get still overexcited. You're always in the news for the wrong reasons. This is this is a genuine excitement going around the club. Uh, and it's the way we're doing it. It's the way we're doing it for me. We're, we, we haven't got all of the cattle on the park, so we're having to just win games of footy by sheer will and uh, and effort, which I love. I, I, I worry that it's not a sort of a sustainable, super-duper long-term game plan, but in the super-duper long-term, we're going to get gun players back so that we don't have to have players absolutely busting a gut every single day or every single game. But, mate, I've said it before on the on the teaser podcast um, for the Patreons. I, I stand corrected. This club is showing guts, effort, effort, more effort, heart, resilience, um, and it's it's just it's and I, every time you hear the players talk about the coach, they they talk about him in glowing terms. They are clearly clearly playing for Wusher. Exactly, and, and look. I'm going to a little bit, I'm not going to say disagree with you, but I've challenged my thoughts on the game plan uh, a bit this week. So I've been having a good think the last couple of days about what we're doing, having just because I'm a nerd, having a look at some of our stats and, and seeing what we're doing well to what we didn't do recently, sorry, his, historically. Nerd. <laughs> exactly. Look, I actually think... Essendon is developing into a bit of a powerhouse and and there's some reasons why I think that and a few of the players mentioned this and and I think it really needs to be addressed and I'm going to talk about Wusha a little bit later on in the show right so yep. we're going to do a little bit of an ode to Wusha because he has a an ode to Wusha okay yes. uh, but I'm going to give a bit of an ode to Truck Rutten here uh and so Zaharakis is talking on the radio and straight away he he brings up Rutten and, and he talked about two things uh, that Rutten is doing at the club and two things that he's really expressed to the whole team. Now, if you can think yep. of Rutten is the, I guess, the structural team defense, right? So overall of the ground the, to make sure everyone's doing the right thing, that they're running both ways that our structure defensively is all set. And as, as, as a team operation, that things are going well. And I was just having a think today about where we were sort of the first eight rounds and not understanding that he his principles and, and, and his coaching uh, on that side of things wouldn't have come into effect, no doubt about that, because it's way, you know, nothing, I don't think any coach has that kind of quick turnaround to a whole system. Then what has happened since then, I actually see a bit of Richmond in us. And, and I think we are one of the hardest teams now to score against. I think our team is set up extremely well all over the ground, uh, whether we got the ball or not. And Zaharakis, well, I was mentioned before, he said two things about Rutten. So he said, one... Rutten has, has really created a team defense that they understand and they get and they're finding it that they now can implement it quite fine. 
Yep. And, and he's, he said he's also got a very strong mantra that um, is brought over from Richmond. And actually, Zarak has mentioned Richmond. He said he's brought it over from Richmond that we've all bought into that each player has a specific role for every game. And the challenge is to make sure you do that role, whether it's going to be um, a glowing role or behind the scenes role. Uh, so, so basically everyone has a task and sometimes, you know, for three or four guys, it's just going to be selfless acts that not many people will see. Uh, but for the overall structure of the side, it, it will benefit the Essendon Football Club to get a win. Yep. And, and that's a very much uh, Richmond mantra, is that everyone has their job to do. Every little thing counts. Um, and I'm starting to see an Essendon Football Club that's buying into that really, really well. And the Adelaide Football Club, their forward line was Tex Walker, Jenkins, um, you had Lynch, you had Eddie Betts, real offensive weapons. You know, that's 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 a, a team that can easily score well over 100 at their home ground. Again, we shut this team down to 75 points. It's amazing, man. That number, I swear, is incredible. We just continually have that between 60 and 80 points where teams score. And if the Essendon Football Club scores more than normally 75 or 80, then they're coming home with these wins. And that's what's happening. And we have a real weapon as a structure. And the thing I like, uh, which is what Rutten's done, is that obviously the whole club has bought into it. And this is where Richmond's really strong. Because with our injuries, we have got guys coming in who know the system. Rather than just playing well individually, they are adopting to a system uh, and they're very much defense first and then we all generate offense from it. But it, hey, it's working. And and I think Rutten, will, we may sort of talk about in a couple of years, Rutten being one of the most strategic, uh, important moves the club has made in almost a decade. Uh, I, I can't agree with you more, dude. I mean, we've got two pillars in um, Hooker and Hurley down back who are... Better, I mean, they're all Australian footballers and they're better than average, much better than average defenders. But when you add Sardin and O'Connor and all those guys, we've got a lot of talent back down there. But for us to consistently, week after week after week, control our back line and their forward line to the point where we're keeping really talented people like Tex Walker and Jenkins and those guys who should have with Hurley and Hooker out, should have destroyed us. Should have absolutely destroyed us. For Truck Rutten to get... Oh, yeah, Hooker injured, we should say. Well, Hooker, sorry. I should Hurley out, Hooker injured. Um, and then down on the forward line for a period of time anyway. They should have destroyed us. But for Truck Rutten to keep that back line, conceding no more than 75 points a game, is, is, is incredible. It really is incredible. And it's all credit to the man. And look, it's not just that. It's, it's even the midfield pressure... After half time, like Adelaide's kicked three goals for the whole second half, and you could see the the work rate of Merritt, 
Shiel, these guys went through the roof. That's that guts and effort that I was talking about, man. It's impressive. Yeah, without Tackledom 66 to 49, our work rate just really exploded in that last sort of 40, 50 minutes of the game. And we look, you know, when they went 30 30 points up, we outscored them by 51 points. So we've completely just dominated after that through our work rate and our defensive structure over the ground. Uh, So... It's, I'm really encouraged, man. I'm really, really encouraged. I, 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 I'm more than encouraged. Like I, I, this kind of stuff is is not about talent. Like Zach Merritt's just an A grade footballer, so what he did was probably a lot about talent. Um, but I'm you can't teach gut running and effort and um, and and really wanting to go the extra mile in the second half when you look like you were on the way out. And be kind of understandable that you were you lost in Adelaide to Adelaide, but they came out in the second half and absolutely turned it around. That's the stuff you can't teach. That's the stuff that, like the coaches implore in the footballs, but it's up to them to go out there and be sore at the end of the game and maybe throw up and all of that. But it's I'm incredibly impressed. That sort of real gut running and baseline stuff is going to hold that club in incredibly good stead. And then when we get the the talent, so to speak, um, back that's on the bench at the minute, we, we're only going to be better for it. Exactly. Look, we'll go to a quick break. And oh, look, we'll talk about Worsfold and, and, and then some of our highlights as far as players and, and, and things that we notice in the game. Talk yep. after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, before the break, we uh, just discussed uh, Rutten and the uh, the likely effect that he's having on the club. Yep. But in all honesty, we do, do got to get to the to the head coach, John Worsfold. Look, the, the, the thing that stands out to me is is, is understanding, and I, we constantly hear this now from players and even from staff that I've talked to, that we have to accept that he's a manager kind of coach. Like, a, you know, you know how United, Man United had Ferguson. Uh, yeah. that, that kind of, he's a manager and and he relies quite heavily on his uh, assistants. Uh, okay. Uh, but he, he, he likes to oversee their assistants and, and um, look, one person from the, uh, from the club, I won't mention, who really just discussed with me a little bit at length about how the assistants are really key. Like if you, if we have really strong assistants, he can manage them really well and get the best out of everyone, and and then obviously onto the players as well. So okay, so it was kind of an interesting take that you know maybe having a look at Wushu in a in a different light as as we obviously just think of naturally just the head coach and what their role should be and and maybe John's a little bit more of a, a manager of people and and a, and a system. And, and and does it from a, a bit of a further distance than what most people would just think a head coach does but it, but he but he believe it works for him and and like he, I, he's a premiership coach so I'm not going to argue with him either no I'd, I'd be interesting to see what he if his style has evolved um, yeah. since the West Coast um, days but I mean look when you say that he's he, the assistants are key 
and that he relies on them a lot. I I wonder if people still think that the AFL coach does everything, like the Ron Barassi days where he coached like Kevin Sheedy in the 80s where he literally basically did everything on the whole pitch. I think that someone like Wusher, you can tell as a guy, if they're going to hire Truck Rutten to come in and do the back line, then let him do the back line. Like, well, sorry, yeah, of course he's yeah, the head coach. But he's, don't forget, just, just to make sure you... Um... Rutten, Rutten's not just also the back line, but he's the actual whole team defense. So even def- team defense. So, yeah, 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 sorry, even the forwards defense. You know, just how everyone should okay. structure as a team. Yeah, but I mean, if he's if he's going to bring in an expert, a so called expert that, yep. that came into the club, yep. then I think John's uh, um, sort of methodology is let him do it. He's, yeah, well, he's I, the he's the expert that we brought yeah, in. Exactly, I brought you in because you're an expert at this area. Of, of footy, and so I'm going to kind of empower you to do it. Absolutely, and then the head coach can be the head coach. He can still obviously That's oversee and make sure, yep. yeah, everything's looking okay in his opinion. But I reckon if you ask the assistant coaches, they'd be they'd be very happy with that. That they're the they're the expert. He's going to rely on them. He doesn't have to go. All right, I want you to do this, and then you do that. He's going to ask them what he thinks their best. What he thinks the best plan is. Well, I mean, if you think about it. I mean, if you if you named who are the you know top six, you know hot coaches at the moment, probably th- you know three of them are, are assistants who just filled in because their coach got sacked. But you know you got Teague, you got Shaw from North Melbourne, and yep. and even uh, Ratten for the Saints. You know, these are strong coaches. Like they they're not just there to fill up the numbers. You know, as soon as they've replaced the senior coach, you know they've they've shown what they can do and their and their own little thoughts on what their system should be. Uh, and so I think you're right in that sense that there's a lot of talent out there and and I think Worsfold's mantra is to manage this um, and, and not as be as hands-on kind of coach that say a, maybe even a Clarkson or something would do. Um, yeah. And, and that's just that's just me talking from afar, but from what I'm... There's just the whispers I'm hearing that that's what we should be expecting. Um, but saying that, how crucial was it, though, midway through that second quarter, maybe even late in that second quarter, of the move from Hooker to the forward line? Uh, uh, he, it, yeah. Everybody knew it was coming, but it was very, very crucial. He started to restructure two or three pieces uh, in that game, and it did turn the tide. It, and it was the right timing, too. And that was that was probably the, the key. Uh, he, he's caught it when he knows he should it should be done. Uh it's no doubt when it got up to sort of the four or five goals, uh, he didn't let it get to fifty points. He yeah yeah. He, it was it was critical that you know that we made those changes there and then, and and I'm really glad uh, that he was able to do that. And all credit to him. So, look at the moment, you've got to hand it to Wisher. He's 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 remained calm the whole time. Uh, it, with the press has obviously been at him. For for seven or eight weeks now, and there's always been talk about you know, will he coach Essen next year? And and he's remained calm the whole time. You know, even our show we've we've questioned, uh, we've seen the team look a bit lost, well quite lost. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but he he's remained quite calm the whole time, and and he's always said you know I I know the process, I know what it eventually it's going to be, and and um. Now it's, you know, we're two games clear in the eight. It's a little bit well, hard to deny it now. <laughs> mate, wouldn't you love to know 
what's evolved from round one this year, how his coaching style, maybe the methodologies and how they do things, whether or not he's stuck to the like the exact same game plan and he's just gone, nope, nope, it's going to work, it's going to happen, it's going to work, it's going to happen. And then eventually now it's starting to bear fruit. Or whether or not he has looked at his methodology and the assistance methodologies and stuff and he's just tweaked it, just tweaked it here, tweaked it there, and now it's starting to bear fruit. I'd love to know. Yeah. Look, there's there's no doubt that some things have happened, right? Like we've seen uh, the move of Bagley and Myers, you know, to the VFL and yep. then the elevation of um, Dylan Clark. Um, so And just shifting the pieces, the putting Parrish a little bit more in, in the hot spots um, to what we recruited him as to be. So he's made these subtle changes uh, really in the last eight weeks and it's probably bearing fruit, to be honest. And that's not to put Bagley or Myers down because obviously they're, you know, we obviously respect the hell out of them. But yeah, but the fact is that he's relied a bit more on the younger players. To, to with, I mean, he has a lot of faith in Guelphy um, and um, uh, even guys like Ambrose that he had a lot of faith when people even doubt him at the start of the year. Yeah, and they're all they're all showing. They're all they're all shining to be honest. Andy McGrath's had a fantastic mother footy, and and it's it's making towards a, a really solid group coming through at a really good age demographic too. That's that's what I find. Yeah, oh, we we've got twenty three year old kids, a lot of twenty three year olds, and we've got um, a good uh, a good few veterans in there. I, I tell you what, mate, our time is. Our time's been now for about two seasons now. So with the likes of Collingwood looking vulnerable and Geelong looking vulnerable, not I don't mean just right now. I mean no one's unbeatable at the moment in the AFL. No, exactly. Like there's, no, there's no all-powerful Hawthorne sitting on top of the ladder or something like that. There are vulnerable teams in there. And I tell you what, mate, even with us being – a lot of men down at the moment. Nobody wants to play the Essendon Footy Club at the moment. No, we're a bloody hard team to beat. To be just quietly. exactly right, and that's the thing is like they they realise that we don't have uh, Bell Chambers. We don't have our pillars. We don't have Bell Chambers. We don't have um, Devon Smith. We don't have Hurley. We've got uh, probably eighty percent fit hooker. We've got all of these things missing. And each club that plays us know they're going to have to run their rear ends off and they're going to have to put in just gut-running energy because that's what we're going to bring to the table. Because when you don't have Joe Danaher standing on people's shoulders and Bear just tearing people new ones, um, you need to put in the gut-running energy. Yeah, exactly. And then look... I've had the start of the year and said, who's Essendon's spine? You know, you'd go Hooker, Hurley, Bill Chambers, Joe Danaher, and and maybe... Jackie Stringer. And, and Stringer kind of thing. And, and, you know, three of those guys. <laughs> and They're not there. And, like, don't, yeah. don't forget, and, the, mate, and then the Crichton medalist is gone as well for the year. So Yeah. And so, don't forget, there was, like, not that long ago, I remember people saying, oh, like, I know this is a big name, probably one of the biggest in history, but, oh, Kerry's out. North Melbourne have excuses. Like, not long ago, there were players going, oh, how do you expect... Oh, somebody's just knocked on my front door, Scotty. 
<laughs> you got it. Yeah. Is this Uber Eats? This is Uber Eats. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is a really unprofessional podcast. Excuse me briefly and I'll be back. <laughs> this is, Just one sec. This is disgraceful. Right now is the most unprofessional moment of our podcasting career, so I apologize for all the fans that Grant actually has ordered Uber Eats in the middle of a podcast. Uh, but if you know Grant, you would understand that this is Hello, no mate. surprise Hello, at all. <laughs> Are you back, mate? And I'm back now. Sorry. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, are we going the, le- the-, the lemon chicken or are we going... No, mate. We've gone a bit of Merge McCarney. We've gone a bit of the old tasty butter chicken. Um, and then we've just, just topped that off with a... Just with a medium hot Rogan Josh. A bit of Raita. A <laughs> um, bit of tasty Southern Indian rice. Oh, and that's just Casa de Grantos <laughs> tonight. So, well, we better we better get on with this fast before you start having some trips to the toilet. So, hey, listen, mate. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'll be rude enough to go and get my food in the middle of a podcast, but I won't be rude enough to eat it in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> well, uh, hey, look. Not everybody on the sports based podcast or on the Essendon Football Club get to hear people answer food at their front door <laughs> from the podcast studios. If we don't get a sponsorship from Uber Eats out of this episode, I'd be really we disappointed. We should. Uber, give us a call. Yes. <laughs> anyway, back to where, where were we? So, yeah, we were talking about our spine before. But, look, let's let's talk over some, some guys, um, what we saw in the game. I want to talk about the Irishman, right? Um, Mate. And, and, look, I put a bit of a, a teasing tweet out there and um, and said, Basically, if the 2014 draft happened again, we picked him up in 2014 basically for nothing, right? For the international rules. Um, If he was actually in the draft, in hindsight, nominated for the draft, where would he be? And and look, it's it's quite easy to say that he would be in the top ten. I agree. So I mean, have have a listen to some of these names that were in the 2014 draft. Um, going from starting from one, Paddy McCartan. Yeah, not, not performing at the moment. Petrarca. Uh, average. Angus Brayshaw. Uh, slightly above average. Jared Pickett. Two. Jordan Degoe. Okay, there's one. Yeah, can 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 play a bit. Caleb Merchbank. Okay. Pardon. Yep. Paula Hearn. Two. P- Peter Wright from the Suns. The tall. Uh, two meter Peter, yeah. Darcy Moore. Uh, okay, yeah. Nakia Cockatoo. Nakia Cockatoo, I think he's going to be traded by Geelong at the end of the year. And just look, just a few other names: uh, Liam Duggan, Corey Ellis, Lucky Weller, Jack Lever, Jack Lever, Jared Garlett, Sam Durden, Kyle Langford, Laverde, Heaney, Brokehurst. So look at that game. Like Heaney's a gun, right? So out of that. I, if you had in hindsight the draft again, can I just say I actually would have him around about pick six. I was going to say easily in the top ten, easily. Yeah, and that's because Conor McKenna at the moment he's for the first year uh, since playing for Essendon he's averaging now officially twenty disposals. Yeah, twenty four on the weekend. That's brilliant. He's the number one in the AFL for bounces. He's averaged... I'd love to know where he is on meters gained. I'm glad you mentioned that. He's just ah. a... he's just over 400 meters averaging 
uh, in meters. Where does day. that sit in the Where does that sit in the AFL? I don't know. It's quite high because the the stat said he was actually you know in sort of top fifteen kind of thing, but. He is Tim and Sadi have got to be incredible there. He is one of the great pickups and international successes that I don't think he gets the credit for still. No, I mean I'll I will go so far as to say this about the Irishman is that in that group of people you just named, sure he plays a different position and he doesn't kick goals and he doesn't lead out of the square and get the glory. But I reckon the role he plays for the Essendon Football Club how good he has been this year and the fact that he's not yet been beaten. Nobody's decided to go through Connor's man and Connor's man has kicked five or whatever. I put him in the same breath as Jordan Degoe. Oh, like, <laughs> nah, hey, no, 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 no. Mate, look, Degoe for Collingwood is dominating, right? Well, yeah, he's I very guess, good. Look, you might be right. You might not be too far away because he's more consistent than Degoe. But that's my point, is that what what uh, Connor is doing at the moment in his position down back is as dominant as what Degoe's doing in his position. Yeah, well, Degoe's actually had a bit of a funny year. Like, he had, he's a bit of a highlights package, but for the whole game, he's not totally, you know, it's not like a dominating force. Yeah. Um, but saying that, Collingwood have chosen to play him out of the forward line almost the whole year, and when he's an actually gun midfielder, so he's probably a little bit cheated that way to, to probably with the impact that he wants to make uh, yep. now if I said a half forward for the Essendon Football Club is going to have 23 disposals 8 marks, 4 goals at 96% efficiency <laughs> that's Mate. that you would say oh my god who is that centre half forward have we just picked up one of the great centre half forwards that's, yeah. Mitch, that's Mitch Brown Brown dog. That's... The, he's back, baby. The brown dog is back. Remember we mentioned last week, uh, we said, just did you notice the second half? Because last week I said, did you notice the second half? There's just signs there that Mitch Brown is coming back into form. And when he's in form, he can really take off from there. And boy, did he really take off from there. He, I mean, he, he had, is yeah. so crucial. He His work rate is insane, man. It's... He's always in the top three of, uh, of meters, sort of of just distance run for the whole game. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of sacrifice in his game that he would never get the applause for, but he is a seriously good player when up and about, and and so important to our structure. Yeah, and look, three of those goals were really crucial at big moments, and they were not easy and big goals. Big kicks too. Yeah, big kicks too. Like he. He when he marks the ball forty five meters out in an angle, it's I'm actually quite comfortable that he's most likely going to kick the goal, and he looks real comfy too. Yeah, he as soon as he marks a few, he was just going back on his mark like, yeah, I've got this, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, this is easy, this is not easy, but this is doable. Yep, no problems. So oh, look, just a huge game. I thought it's a it was a very hard game to do uh, voting. And and I'll, I'll give you my early votes uh, because the the person I gave best on ground I thought changed the whole game after the second half, uh, which is Zach Merritt. He had 20... There's only one person for that, baby. Yeah, he had 22 possessions in the second half and two goals, and he clearly just went to a a, a level that he hasn't gone for a while. 
to be honest. Oh, elite. It's called the words elite. And it was just, uh, just he got the whole engine running big time. Uh, and it, and you could see Shield was sort of lifting on the back of him. And, and a few of the other guys around him were lifting off the back. I mean, even Zacharakis has had 25 disposals. Um, but, geez, Zach Merritt was just fantastic. I had, I look, just for, if people are just curious, I had Zach Merritt best on with Brown um, two votes and McKenna one vote. That was just me. Where does Paddy Ambrose fit in there? Oh, well, I don't just somewhere down six or seventh or something. I don't know. Oh, really? Jeez, man. I'll talk about being asked to do a job and then he has to go and get another job. And <laughs> He did, though. He did. He, yeah. Well, he's Paddy Ambrose. Unsung, that boy. Maybe, maybe, unsung. Yeah, maybe I just take it for granted what he can do. But um, I look, I must admit, I, I probably had Francis just as good. I thought he did really well on his man, but I thought his offense out of defense was pretty pretty sensational. And his composure with the ball, um, that was that was a really good game from Aaron Francis. That was that was an Aaron Francis that I'm really excited about. Uh, led the side in one percenters. Aaron Francis led the side in one percenters. So there you go. Uh, he had he had eight. So um, yeah. So yep. uh, yeah, fantastic. I tell you what, we look we look we look really good when Francis is up and about too. Oh yeah, he has he has a certain aura about him when he's really up and about. Like to yeah, you know, that, I don't that mean just average of, football. That kind of yeah, up and that about. kind of that three games at the end of last year and say this game when he's really on his game, he does look. You go, oh, that's like an elite player. Yeah, uh, and, and like the, the blind turns out of packs and everything like that. But look, the most exciting play I think he's ever done for the Essendon Football Club was that run that almost length of the ground run. He just kept yep. on running and running and running on just the hope that maybe he'll get a handball in the end. But to see him gut run like that uh, was just sensational. Yeah. It, it's just, that's, I mean, that I've been, we've been wanting that body language and that real commitment for a while now. And, and I'm hoping this is a real uh, turn in the corner moment for him and, and that he really gets his confidence up. Um, I will mention... Uh, Dylan Shield, uh, when he kicks a goal like that in the second quarter, you do realize <laughs> what he could uh, be if, if this kid. Oh, no, what, what he's gonna be. The, the kids, he's a jet. I mean, you know, they say O'Meara, you look at O'Meara and he's a Rolls Royce, and Mark McCurry was a, a Rolls Royce, all that sort of stuff. You look at Dylan Shield, that, that kid is a he is an out and out stallion of a kid, like, seriously, he's. There is nothing that that kid can't do. If he gets the ball in his hands and you're not on his back, you're not catching him. No. When exactly. he's up and about, when he's up and on running on top of the ground, my lord, that bloke can go. No, it's it is sensational to watch. I must admit, when he when he he looks around and sees he's got space and he just sort of he just the jets puts, get yeah just on. puts the head down and see you later. Oh, it's <laughs> it's exciting to watch. Absolutely, uh, man. That's why everybody like. People turn out to watch the Bombers play too, man, because nothing's better than just Shield running through a midfield, taking a step, going around somebody else and bombing it and nailing one. That's, oh, oh, baby. Hey, uh, honourable mention to uh, Dylan Clark again. Oh, yeah. Sloan, he, he took Sloan out of the game. Took Sloan out of the game, mate. That's a decent player in Sloan. And 
He's picked up 19 possessions himself, too. There you go, man. That kid, I swear, if you averaged 18 possessions your entire career and kept taking scalps like Sloan and everybody else he's beaten this year, you do that for your career and you're going to have a bloody good career. Yeah, well, Sloan's had 20 possessions and Clark's had 19. So they're just. There you go. I don't this... remember any of Sloan's being damaging. He sure as hell didn't get on the on the scoreboard. No, he was only at sixty five percent efficiency, so he's really yep. nullified any influence he's had on on the game. Because he's yeah, Dylan Clark hanging off his rear end. I tell you what, though, uh, Michael Hartley actually played a very good game, didn't he? I love Hearts. I swear, like that bloke, what an asset to have running around in the twos. I know it's pretty incredible. You, you are blessed with riches down back when you because you you haven't even we haven't even had Zerk Thatcher play a game yet, and that's that's how no. insane the the kind of the tall ruck stocks is. And it would have been it would have been interesting. I mean, if Zerk had have played, um, uh, he's my man, so he would have dominated. But um, it's it's good that we've got Hearts uh, in the side, and we don't have to put an undersized Ridley. Um, on Jenkins or something like that, or we don't have to put Zerk Thatcher on, on, a, on a monster like Jenkins in his first game, when we can chuck an experienced head in Hartley down there to do a job, and he does it. Yeah. And, mate, thank you, Hearts. And, and just a big congrats to Will Snelling, too. First goal on a... Actually, I don't know if that's his first goal. First goal for Essendon, anyway. Um, congratulations, mate. He was he was solid. I'm, I'm sh- it was classic. He'll be better for the run, <laughs> kind of. Kind yeah, of yeah, of course. I mean, he had he had about fifty eight uh, family members watching. <laughs> so I'm sure. So uh, uh, it's one of those ones you feel like if he if he got another game in Gold Coast, you'd probably see the real Will Snelling um, just come through and um, and and play kind of a really good solid game. I thought uh, Tip and Woody. Um, had another good game, but boy, his summing up of key moments of what to do with the ball, it, it is quite sensational to watch. Mate, it's maturity. I, I was, I reckon that's got more to do with maturity. I mean, there's absolutely God-given talent, but um, the maturity for him now to be making those kind of quick but calm decisions that are really, really good decisions. Uh, it's, I, I love watching this kid um, grow. I really do. Yeah, look, uh, uh, I totally agree with you. Can I just mention, look, we're going to go to a break. I'll just mention the last one is is the captain. He obviously was not right. Uh, he's not right, yeah. The, you, first half, it was very obvious. Oh, he's not running like, he's not running as... as uh, Pretty much at all, really, yeah. But how good was that last quarter? Uh, uh, I mean... Seriously, uh, maybe he shouldn't have put his hand up to play, and and Bobby normally I would be telling him off, but he just willed himself to to get into that game and get the boys over the line. It was a pretty special last quarter. I mean, he had two really courageous marks, uh, kicked a goal, um, had about five or six hardball gets, just willed himself to get the the club over the line, and and that's all you can ask. I'll tell you what, in Dyson Heppel, when he goes, when he eventually retires, mate, I reckon he's going to be one of the one of the great Essendon captains. Now, even like Job said when he retired, some captains were uh, there during the good times. Um, they're there to steer them through the good times. Some captains are there to steer them through the bad times. I reckon Dyson is, if even if he doesn't get premiership success, 
he's going to be remembered as one of Essendon's best captains. Uh, well, yeah, he's going to be just a, a favourite of the club for a long, long time because yep. I think both personality, his love of the club, he's going to be in sportsman's nights till he's 80 years old, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna I be agree. one of those. It's gonna be one of those players that everyone's just gonna cherish. You know, you know. Just imagine the sportsman's night. A bloke with that um, personality is gonna have as as he gets older. That'll be hilarious. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll and I'll be at all of them. And boy, does he represent the club well too? Because I mean, I'm constantly just seeing him just you know supporting kids with cancer and and everything like that. And just not just token stuff. It's like real full on efforts going around to yeah. his house spending the night you, can, you know yeah like the older you get mate and, and i know you'll, you'll back me up on this the older you get and with the amount of times that you and i have sat across the the table from salesmen in our jobs you can if you look hard you can see genuine genuineness in somebody's face yeah and like you, you, you watch Dyson around kids, and you watch him with fans, and you watch him. I'm sure every now and then he, he doesn't want to sign that 35th uh, autograph, and would probably like to go home with his missus. But you can tell when you look at Dyson Heppel when he's doing stuff with kids, and when he's when he's being Dyson Heppel, he's doing it genuinely, and I love that. I love that we've got an, an honest to goodness, genuine uh, Good captain. Luck. Yeah. A great bloke as the captain of our club. So, I mean, with him as captain and Wusha, who is growing and growing, I stand corrected. His attitude and what he's bringing to this club is exactly what we needed um, after all the crapola that happened a while ago. Um, so we are, it would appear, mate, that we are in good hands. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's go to a break. We'll just do a bit of a sum up after the break and close it out. Yep. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast as Grant is tucking himself into some Rogue and Josh. No, not yet, but I will be. <laughs> uh, hey, before we wrap things up, pretty exciting news today on AFL.com. Uh, they were talking about the the very high, highly acclaimed Irish boy that's called Ross McQuillan, 20-year-old uh, yep. from County Armagh. Um, Armagh. Lightning fast and apparently an extremely tough competitor. Yeah, apparently he's um he's like one of his attributes is very strong tackling, which the um the spuds aren't usually renowned for. But apparently he had the fastest twenty meter sprint time in this year's combine. Yeah, two point seven seven or something like that. Ooh, that's humming. That's about as fast as it takes me to get up off the bed to the front door to get my Indian. <laughs> which uh yeah well so it's it's it sounds like about five teams went for him and and then it came down to Essendon and Richmond and for more reports uh he, the kid has uh identified Essendon as, as his likely home uh and he's yeah baby he's uh knowing of Connor McKenna is obviously a big part of that mate chuck him on a bunk bed at Connor's house with Connor um, make him feel at home. 
teach him how to play uh, with the weird-shaped footy and we'll see in a couple of years and it can be – we can have you on a wing maybe. Imagine if you had like a, a boys' pad, right, and it was like a, a three-bedroom place. It was him, Connor McKenna, and just Kobe Much. And he'd be like, <laughs> and he'd be like, are we, are we doing it? Are we doing it? And reckon, Kobe's like, I don't I understand reckon. anything what's going on in there. Exactly right. Uh, you know what it is. Whenever you get around a person with the same accent as you, you start putting it on really thick. Like, at, I remember when we were in the States and you hear another Australian accent, you start walking over going, G'day, mate! How are ya? <laughs> but imagine those two talking to each other when he gets over. He's finally got someone who he can talk at normal speed to, who can talk at normal speed back. Kobe would be just sitting there going, English, boys, English. <laughs> <laughs> Please help me out. <laughs> Please, come on, boys. Just just turn the turn the volume from, like, the speed from plus three down to normal. Just remember this is Australia. We can't understand you, man. But no, mate, bring that kid over. Sign him as fast as possible, and I think Dodoro may have done it again, considering we don't have a first-round draft pick. Exactly. This is where we're being very smart because we're obviously short on draft picks for the next year due to the Shield deal. And um, yep, this the Shield a, deal. Well done. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is a, a very smart play because uh, he's very highly regarded, and he's the most regarded international player. Uh, but when you think about it, if you can't get the best kid in Australia, get the best kid anywhere else in the world. Well, exactly, yeah. And uh, if he's if he's already played, obviously already played the sport. There, they've already mentioned that he can already cook left kick left and yep. right foot, left and right foot. Yep. Uh, with a with a Sharon. So hey, uh, I'm all I'm all on board. The Irish train coming to resident. Mate, and if, do yourselves a favour too. Uh, Connor's little Gaelic fake out. In, in Adelaide, which is just pretty to watch. Um, unless, you're, unless you're an orthopedic surgeon, I look at him going, oh, Connor, you're really stopping very quickly and changing direction. But anyway, um, do yourselves a favour and, and uh, YouTube or Google um, highlights on Irish TV. It is some of the most hilarious footage you'll ever listen to. The Irishmen have no, the Irish news reporters and the like have no idea what they're watching. All they know is one of their own countrymen did something that uh, thousands and thousands of Irish Gaelic footballers do literally every week. <laughs> and they find, it, they find it hilarious that in Australia, that little fake out, which is the equivalent of like a dummy where like somebody just shows him the ball and goes in the opposite direction. They love the fact that Connor's introducing that in Australia, but laugh at the fact that we make such a big deal of it because over there it, it happens every third play every weekend. So do us a favor and check that out on out on YouTube. It was like a, it was like an NBA killer crossover. It was like an Allen Iverson. Oh, just faked him out of his shoes. Absolutely faked him out of his shoes. The guy's ankle snapped in half as he went flying over the boundary. <laughs> So, look, we won't go too much longer. We obviously had the teaser podcast. We're obviously extremely excited about the club. I hope that's coming through. Oh, uh, yeah. We've got the Suns coming out this week. I, My gut feelings um, says that the new blonde Fantasia. Uh, which yes. Is, uh, yes, the new blonde haircut. He's gone the Guelphie. It's got to be, it's gotta be a uh, It's got to be a bet. Seriously, it has to be a bet. <laughs> I know. I got this bad feeling it's not. Uh, but I, Or they're watching uh, Bruce Willis and the Jackal. <laughs> okay, oh, that's a good, good reference there. Yeah, we so, go. Thank you. So I, I kind of feel like that maybe Fantasia will get rested again, and probably Heps will get 
rested. That's my my gut feels that, that from what I hear from the club, Zach Clark is all right to go. So yeah, um, so Good. he he's he'll probably be an automatic in that will relieve McKernan down down to the forward line and have our forward line back to a different better kind of structure. Yeah, uh, which then you know if Hooker does play, releases him back, and we're all kind of rosy as far as we're, yeah, we're as our kicking setup. back into gear. Now it, it's interesting because the. The expectations will be interesting from fans on this one because you'll have the, you'll have the, I guess the fans that go, look, I just want a W. There'll be the ones who'll see the ladder and see that we're probably a hundred percent points behind a percentage to all the other teams around us or above yep. us. So we need to win by eighty points. What's what's your thoughts? Uh, for me, it's, I'm probably leaning on the the comfortable, but I still like the W part. Oh, I'm a I'm a W guy only because. Uh, I just want us to continue to win, man. I really do. Like, given that we're two games clear in the in the eight now, percentage is less of a problem for us. But I, 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 I still can't believe that we're winning with this many players out. So every time we play, I just think, just get man, a W. Yeah, get a W. Can we? Can we continue to put in this much effort week after week after week after week and can and continue to win? Now I've said it before and I'll say it again. I stand corrected because yes, we can clearly. Um, in the words of of Mr. Obama, yes, we can. And but I just I don't think we're at a point yet as a club where we're where we can start yelling percentage from the boundary line. Yeah, um, I think I'm not sure. Go with I'm the not w. sure if we're even a high scoring kind of that kind of. No, we're not going to beat a side by a hundred points. I don't think even Gold, even Gold Coast, who aren't real special, I don't think we're going to beat a side like that by a hundred points. So let's just get the W. Let's concentrate on Ws, and then when we get all of our players back and Joey D's running around and Devin Smith's running around and Hurley's running around, everybody's running around, and we start to pound the Gold Coast by eighty points, then we can start yelling percentage. But with the team that we've got at the moment. Those boys have to work so hard for every win. I just say, let's just get the W and it's, get out. I, I'm a little bit the same. Look, I, I, if I had a tip, I'd say, you know, it's going to win by, say, 36 or 40. That's, that would be my tip. Um, yeah. And that would be, you know, if we came out with that, I, I'm more than fine. I, I think you just move on, concentrate, go straight to the Port Adelaide game and let's get a win at Marvel there. And just keep, if you keep ticking Ws, then you're not worried about the team's coming from behind you and you're probably more going up the ladder. Yeah, 100% agree. And a really interesting game because, I mean, teams above us, Richmond and Collingwood, they're playing each other this week. So uh, imagine that if Collingwood lost and we're actually on equal amount of wins with as them. We're like, we're tied with them. That would be incredible. That would be a really weird feeling, wouldn't it? Because you just naturally think they're well ahead. But then, you know, either Richmond or Collingwood this week will be... Uh, match with us on on amount of wins. That's if, if we beat the Suns, and yep. that's that's a pretty weird feeling. <laughs> uh, but that's how big the turnaround's been. <laughs> and we deserve every second of it because we've we've put in bloody mountains of effort to get there. Yeah, yeah. Every game has been a, a mountain of effort to get over the top of teams. But all credit to them. They've they've got yep. a, they've got a self belief that hasn't been there for a long, long, long time. So. Let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks to all our Patreons for joining up. Uh, we so much appreciate it. We'll do a bit of a, uh, a shout-out next week to some Patreons, I, I promise. Yeah, um, come and check um, 
come and check us out on the Patreon site. Get some exclusive uh, content from us, some shout-outs and bits and pieces on there. So um, come and check us out on Patreon. Yeah, we'll do our Team Changes podcast that we always do yep. during the week and have a bit of a discussion there. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all the all the big boys. Uh, and always subscribe to the show if you can. It's the easiest way to listen to us. Um, uh, you can catch us on Twitter at The Lunch Catch-Up. Um, yep. And you can catch us on Instagram, which Grant runs himself. So, yep. I, you know, whatever happens is not my fault. <laughs> if there's any <laughs> selfies. Uh, so That's lovely. That's lovely. And you can catch us on Facebook, our Facebook site as well. So we're, look, we're, we're behind the scenes just looking at a few interesting things, but we won't, te- we'll only tease you at that. For oh, now. But, oh but, uh, the power tease. The power tease where we've got some things um, that we just. If they come off, Scotty, if we get this to happen, like this, this will be wicked for the audience. Like seriously, this will be great. Yeah. Yeah. If let's see how it goes, but, uh, we don't know how we're going to try and do something, but we're we're pitching for something. But we're re- we're reaching for the stars, people. Trust me, we're reaching for the stars. Yeah, but uh, we'll see how we go. But we'll leave you with that tease. Uh, the Essen play the Suns on Sunday. Nice nine day game break, so we could come out should come out quite fresh. And yep. thanks, guys, for listening again. We always appreciate your support. It's always very humbling, and um, we love the feedback, and uh, we really appreciate the feedback and, and such positivity. And and I feel like the uh, the Essendon Bomber family is is pretty united at the moment and pretty excited. So uh, let's get on to Gold Coast, finish them off, and we'll we'll, we'll all catch up at Marvel and 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 get, see uh, Port off as well. Absolutely. All right. Have a great night, everyone, and catch you later from the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast. See you later, guys.